0: Welcome to Stephanie and Stephanie Talk Tunes. What's up Talk Tuners? Welcome back to the show where we share stories and memories of the music that has shaped our lives. What's up? This is Stephanie Peña.
1: Hey Talk Tuners, it's Stephanie Myers. What is up indeed. Before we get into our song of the episode, wanted to talk a little bit about a music documentary I recently saw. It was called Color Killer. And that is the name Hmm. of a child punk band who happens to be the youngest band ever to play Warped Tour. And yeah, as you can imagine, really cool, really cool little uh, documentary. It's called Young Punks, A Punk Parable. It's four members of the band. They are between eight to 12 years old, um, living in working class Massachusetts, they're such talented kids as you watch this documentary and they are also really hardworking. They have parents who believe in what they're doing and are really supportive. They do recording and production and help them with their albums and also shuffle them uh, to gigs. At one point they say, you know, if we had soccer kids, uh, you know, we'd be getting up at 5am at for soccer, but you know what? We got these kids that play these night gigs. So we go out and sometimes we're out until 3am, but the kids have balance and it was so cool not wow. only to yeah see these kids who are very dedicated to this cause, but also doing it in an environment that I think is not always, people don't always think of like as conducive to children, this nightclub and mm-hmm. venue environment. But these kids have incredible musicianship, and they're so mm-hmm. hardworking, and it was a really cool documentary to see, and I would love to see them if they happened to be on a tour on some kind of festival that we were catching just highly recommend it. It's from 2021. It's still riding the film festival circuit. I believe you can also catch it on Apple TV, but you know, I love to recommend my music documentaries. So definitely check that out. Talk tuners, Stephanie, if you haven't seen it, I think you'd love it.
0: No, oh, that's pretty cool. So it came out in 2021. So it's pretty recent where they played Warp Tour.
1: Yeah, it was pretty recent, and the film kind of follows them around that being the inciting event, so Mm -hmm. it's all leading up to them playing Warped Tour with these, of course, very established bands, but they hold their own, and you get to see it in the documentary. I won't spoil all the little surprises for folks, but I highly recommend it. It was really, really neat, and, you know, child prodigies, man, they're amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's super cool. And everything they were doing was original, right? They weren't doing yeah. covers and maybe they did, but okay. That's even better, like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, if there That's were covers, wild. I don't remember them, but yeah, it's almost all original material. Yeah, they're super cool. Yeah. Yeah, at eight
0: years old, I was playing the recorder half-assed. So, you know, I couldn't <laughs> even imagine actually playing any type of really (laughs) instrument well just put it that way anyway i like to talk about music but i can't play it so on that note (laughs) let's talk about a band that is amazing that draws fans from all different lifestyles today guys we are talking about the one the only weezer and their debut album known as the blue album 1994 came out and we're talking about their big smash say it ain't so Oh yeah
1: It's such a big, big smash, that song, and I do feel like I hear it in just proliferation in karaoke bars every single time. It's become a very big classic, which just shows their reach, right? It just Mm -hmm. shows their reach since 1992, and that's when they were established in LA in 1992, but since 2001, the bands consisted of Rivers Cuomo, everybody knows Rivers, uh, Patrick Wilson on drums, Scott Schreiner. On bass, Brian Bell, on guitar, keyboards, backing vocals. They've sold 10 million albums in the U.S., more than 35 million worldwide. Nothing to sneeze at. I think everybody knows the name Weezer. I think it's a household name. And that is for good reason, because these guys are just all over. But if we think about in 1994 with the Blue album, they, uh, you know, were coming on the scene. And they signed to Geffen Records in 1993. They released this album in 1994 and what really propelled them as we've talked about in other episodes with other bands is the music videos. So the music videos for their singles, Buddy Holly, Undone the Sweater Song, and of course, Say It Ain't So. Propelled by these videos, the Blue Album became this multi-platinum success. And I thought that was really cool. If you've seen these videos, they're definitely of the time, and they definitely propelled their success. And you could tell they moved some records based mm-hmm. on Weezer knowing it's like we got to connect with people visually. So I thought that was really cool. Um, when you think about just contrast from the Blue Album, too, we think about their second album, Pinkerton 1996, that featured a darker, more abrasive sound that was actually a commercial failure and had received yes. mixed reviews initially. But man, it went on to achieve big time cult status. People, God, I hear about it like almost every week to this day, how much people love Pinkerton. And the critical acclaim came later. It came years after it was released. Mm -hmm. So now both the Blue Album and Pinkerton are frequently cited among best albums of the 90s by critics. So it just shows that sometimes there's a little bit of sleeper hits. And with Weezer, they're so prolific. You could just see it making sense for them this way to have this kind of success. Yeah,
0: I wholeheartedly agree um, with you, Stephanie. Oh, my gosh. I mean, me as a Weezer fan, The Blue and Pinkerton, those are my favorite by far, with the green album coming in third for me. And I just love that it's always colors, right? But, you know, talking about Pinkerton and just their success, of course, we're talking about saying So Today off the Blue album. You didn't even hear Pinkerton on the radio. Nothing. Like, nothing. That's how bad it was, y'all, to just relive that. Like, you did not hear it at all and then their videos were not on mtv like it was crazy so but hey they prevailed and they're still here rocking so hell yeah Pinkerton is amazing i absolutely love that you know love that uh love that album and just to say the singles that were released off the blue album and the first song was the sweater song and then it was buddy holly and then it was say it ain't so those are all very different songs yeah they are different feelings they are different emotions and so that just showed i mean i honestly think that they kind of just prepped us to say hey we're not a one-dimensional band because they definitely aren't and Pinkerton is is definitely different than the blue but masterpieces but yeah i mean when it comes to the blue album and making their splash this album was actually produced by the late great cars frontman rick okasic so you know it was going to be gold you got rick on your side you know i mean
1: so great so great absolutely and talk tuners, you've heard me talk about my obsession with the Cars a couple times on this show, but I love them so much. I love Rick. I love he was producer on this. Um, I have all their albums. I have his solo albums and Benjamin Orr's solo albums too. Um, and I got to see Rick do an in-store performance um, at a bookstore once in New York, and that was so special for me as this yeah. longtime Cars fan. I just lost my mind uh, with excitement. So he's really the perfect person. Uh, with the car's aesthetic, with the car's sound, to be producing the Blue Album. So it made so much sense to me. He's truly the perfect choice.
0: You know, it's interesting, too, you think about the videos that they've done, because Weezer, yes, absolutely, you're going to tie those videos in when you think about them just, you know, when the name pops up in your head. Same thing with the cars, right? So that's interesting. Like, their videos are out of this world. Very creative and amazing. So what a great collaboration.
1: Absolutely. You know, and I think about, again, Weezer's journey, and we were just talking about how prolific they are and were and continue to be. And I just think, okay, Rivers, like, to an extent, he realized, it's like, oh, maybe we're too much so. Maybe we're a little too prolific. And he admitted as much. He was in a conversation with Red Hot Chili Peppers Flea bassist on This Little Light podcast. And Rivers said, You know, I think Weezer might have had too much quantity. And he said our high volume of releases may have lessened our impact as a band, our legacy. And he said, I think if we were to go back and plan out an ideal artist's career, I don't know. Maybe there's too much quantity, he explained. Maybe the whole thing would be more impactful if we could go back in time and just release the very best stuff, cherry pick, and release it in a very strategic way. But hindsight's twenty twenty, and hopefully future generations will sort it all out, and they'll focus on the best stuff. So Rivers said, hey, in the future, I'm trying to pay more attention to fans, work out what they would actually like to hear from Weezer, which I thought was really cool. Some bands don't Mm -hmm. care about that, but he did. But he said, I really want to listen and see where our fans' heads are at, what they're reacting to, and sometimes it's not exactly where I would have gone on my own. So there's so much more, I think, territory for Weezer to explore, and it sounds like they're very ripe and open to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, and just keeping it real and being down to earth. They're not, uh, you know, so that's, that's really really uncommon to hear from artists that have made it big. You know, they still have that care factor of what their fans are interested in. And this band had, has a major impact on my life. One of my favorites, honestly. Um, and, you know, they were different from the bands that I was listening to at the time and they weren't flashy. They were nerdy. They are known as nerd rock They're silly Uh, serious emotional and they brought such creativity and their music rocked just as hard as any other band that i was listening to at the time and they are true to themselves and it was great to just see them be that be exactly that not trendy not gimmicky just themselves i i I just i can't there's nothing more i can say other than that like mad respect for them and i was hooked on them you know stuff like from the beginning when i heard the sweater song I was like, whoa, (laughs) what is this? I love it. And I got the tape and I joined the fan club at the time. You paid $5 and you got a copy of the handwritten lyrics. Um, for every song on the album, and that was pretty cool. So, and you literally saw like the scratch outs, like, oh, this lyric isn't good, let me go back. And I thought that was really cool, was just showing them that they're normal people, right? And I was very young at this age, too, and connecting and figuring myself out and my creativity. I have a little bit of creativity, you know. And it's like, you know, <laughs> this is awesome, nothing is perfect right away. And they are rock stars, no doubt, 100%. But I was just, I, I, To me, that just showed that they were just being vulnerable and showing their creative process. And, you know, something that was interesting while I was doing research on that, um, it turns out that in 94, Geffen didn't want to put the song lyrics in the liner notes. And that's what started all of this. (laughs) So I'm like, why? Because that was such a thing back then. So I just, I need to know more. But, yeah, I mean, because that's what I did, right? I got my tapes. I got my CD. And I started looking at the liner notes, and I started reading. I mean, singing songs, right? I'm like, yep, I want to know exactly. I want to know every word for word. I want to be on point. That's the kind of music fan that I am. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I, I had my – it was stapled. It was just white paper. It was a photocopy straight up of a Xerox machine, stapled in the upper left-hand side, and I would just flip it, flip it, flip it. <laughs>
1: I love that so much. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that because I feel like a relationship to an album, to me, that relationship to the liner notes um, are really huge for me. And over the years saying, Oh, okay. Like what uh, can I delve into? Right. What can be really tangible? And the fact they're kind of like, well, for the next level of these liner notes, you're actually going to have to send away for it. Feels, feels like a lost um, relic. Of a time that, mm-hmm. like, they don't do that anymore, but how cool to actually get the opportunity to deepen your relationship with that album, you know? Yes, exactly. And, you know, at that time, I
0: mean, I still am to a certain point, you know, uh, when I listen to music and I'm learning lyrics, it's kind of like poetry to me. I want to interpret. Yeah. I want to interpret. That's what I really liked about it, and so that was cool. And this yeah. album, the Blue album, just in general, you'd... Hmm, you know, even if you don't know all the lyrics by heart or what, you know it's a coming of age album. They're very young at this time. Rivers is—he's um, the main songwriter. Of course, he collaborates with his bandmates, but he's the main writer. And it talks about a lot of heartache. I and mean, just from you know other tracks off this album that you didn't hear on the radio, like "The World Has Turned and Left Me Here," oh, and heart wrenching. And so is "Only in Dreams." Yeah, oh, right. Oh, teenage heartache, young adult heartache, feeling it feeling it. Yeah. And, you know, and even Buddy Holly, it's a fun song, but, um, that song is just talking about being scrutinized of, you know, hanging out with people that don't necessarily look like yourself. So, um, that, that itself, I mean, super cool. Gotta
1: love, yeah. I love the Weezer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, they really see how all those elements come together, I think. And I really appreciate that from them. They see all the elements coming together, both visual, both like, how do I connect emotionally? albums like what does that look like and Rivers is the really the maestro of it all which I think is awesome and very much for Say It Ain't So and I just think about the music video for that because they were just so good at being like well let's marry all the elements here including the visual ones if you go back Mm -hmm. and watch it Talk Tuners it's a very like deliberately lo-fi music video there's cloth draped from the ceiling in a house while the band plays Underneath, there's much of it uh, has rivers without his trademark glasses. There's somebody doing laundry from a washing machine in the middle of the set. It's very offbeat, which is to me just like Weezer. So I appreciated it, and it felt like a little yeah. bit of a time capsule to watch it. So I thought that was really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that video was like kind of like a literal depiction of as, as much as it could be of the song itself. So the video was at, was shot at the garage in the garage in a Los Angeles home of Rivers and the, uh, the bassist, Matt Sharp, where they lived. So it was their home. It was directed by Sophie Miller, um, who also done videos for the Eurythmics and, uh, and Annie Lennox as a solo artist, and even No Doubt. And the idea of the video is coming from the actually the literal meaning of the song. It is capturing a moment in time. The song saying so was written by Rivers, um, who came home from school one day and saw his stepfather's Heine or Heineken, for those that know, you know, somebody's Heine is crowding my icebox. <laughs> and that triggered, and it's so funny, right? I think about it back then. I was like, Heine, like, but, right? No, I know. About beer. I wasn't drinking beer at the time, right? But. <laughs> It's like somebody's Heine. butt is crowding my eyes box. What is this? It, what is this? <laughs> I, oh, young Stephanie didn't know. Oh, that's funny, right? So, like, now I was talking about a Heineken,
1: it, and that
0: scene that triggered awful, painful memories. Unfortunately, his family comes from a split family. His father had battled alcohol, alcoholism for many years, and that story is encaptured in that song, talking about you know, he writes to his father. You know, dear daddy, you know, yeah, talk about how we found Jesus and mm-hmm. things are together. And, you know, years later, since the song has come out, um, he has reestablished a relationship with his father, Frank. And I actually saw a couple of performances on YouTube. Um, Frank is a drummer, he's a professional drummer. And there's been some sets where he's come out and jammed with the band. And uh, I think that's pretty dope. So.
1: Yeah. To me, to have that come full circle, right? You're writing a song about what has happened to you in your childhood, like all this, and to be like, oh, okay, like we're bringing it around full circle. Now my dad is here. Now he's back Mm -hmm. with us. To me, that's huge.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it absolutely is. So, wow. And this song is just so, so good. And, you know, the lyrics go on. He's talking about the unfortunate things that he had to experience with his father. And he was worried that his stepfather was going to follow into that same pattern. Hey, I get it. You know, Um, it's, it's triggering, but man, such a, such an impactful song. And when they play live, they bring that emotion too, as well.
1: They absolutely do. I've had the chance to see them a couple times. They were absolutely amazing. I got to see them play in Dallas around 2001. Not only did they bring the house down, they have their, you know, it's a big light up, Uh, Weezer logo in the background, Mm -hmm. you know, it's rivers playing from all parts of the stage. They're absolutely so much fun. So I got to see them then. And then you and I got to see them in 2005 opening for the Foo Fighters in Jersey, which was so cool. And what a nice double bill, right? What a cool double bill.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, top that on the charts of us being spoiled and seeing amazing shows, two powerhouse bands. And, uh, and we weren't paying that much money for them. Like, you know,
1: like we have to pay now for concerts. No, not at all. Could you not imagine that price tag
0: today? Yeah, oh, no. not at all.
1: I don't even <laughs> want to think about <laughs> it,
0: honestly. <laughs> Gotta put
1: that on layaway.
0: Anyway, so. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've seen Weezer. Yes, of course we saw them together. It was a phenomenal show. I've seen them. I would probably, I was doing a count probably about seven times total. Um, my favorite memory of their live, uh. My, their live set experience for me was back in 2011. Um, I was living in Austin and they were on the memories tour. And this tour was basically two consecutive nights. First night, them playing the blue album. Second night playing Pinkerton in full. I was able to go to that show. I was working and, but that's fine. I was still on the grounds and I was able to enjoy it and hear it while working and yes, So whoever's listening to this and be like, you should be doing your job. I was doing my job and enjoying the music at the same time. Thank you very much. And, um, <laughs> rightfully so, that night, I, one of the nights, he <laughs> was wearing all white, just looking angelic, and then got on top of Stubbs and just started jamming and playing and singing. And I'm like, dude, you've hit Rockstar Stardust like nobody's
1: business. I, dude. He actually got on the roof to play. This is amazing. <laughs> yes! Yes, yes, because I was doing security at the time and
0: I was at the green room. And I was like, oh my God, look at him. I'm like, okay, okay, yeah. So Rivers, uh, he's definitely come out of his shell. Because we think about when they first came on the scene, you know, they're a little bit uh, reclusive and just not, like I said,
1: flashy. But man, he's he's owning it now and uh, in a very, very great way. I think that's amazing. That's a show you'll never forget. My God, with that level of... Showmanship be like, Yeah, I'm gonna like flab of crowd. Like, why not? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. two favorite albums,
0: man. I'm so Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, oh, both of my favorite albums. I'm like, Okay, I've lived, I've heard them both in their
1: entirety. (laughs) You're good to go. You're good to go at that point. What else do I need? I know. I know. Well, and it's crazy that you've seen them like seven times total and seen this evolution over the years. I would love to hear from, you know, talk tuners. If you have stories about Weezer, if you have different things, we want to hear them. We always ask you to share your memories, talk tuners. I want to also mention we heard back uh, from our Violent Femmes episode. We heard back from you. We appreciate it. Um, meeples and Wine reached out on Twitter slash X and said, You know, we got to see the Violent Femmes at Gen Con back in 2000. It was trippy, especially when Philip Glass showed up, and he and Gordon did a song about either taking over the world or learning to speak French. Great times. And Philip Glass is probably my favorite living composer, so I thought that was very, very cool. What a crazy memory for Philip Glass to show up at the Violent Femmes. I've never even heard of this, so thank you for sharing, and please continue to share your memories with us, Talk Tuners.
0: Yeah, guys, you can share all your memories. We're all over the socials. So find us Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Stephanie's TalkTunes, Twitter at Stephanie's Talk Gmail, Stephanie's TalkTunes at gmail.com. An easy shortcut to all things Stephanie and Stephanie TalkTunes is simply Stephanie's Talk Tunes.com. And hey guys, as far as exposure goes, please rate us on Good Pods or give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You know, we, we appreciate all the support. And, uh, and then most of all, most importantly, we want to hear from you. We wouldn't have this, you know, we wouldn't be doing a show unless we, uh, you know, had an audience to share it with.
1: We absolutely want to hear from you. Remember, we got a feedback loop for you here, Talk Tuners. so reach out. And as always, we're a proud member of the Pantheon Network. Definitely check out our brother and sister music podcasts. They are fan. Fantastic. They're worth your time and you can subscribe to that and check out what we got going on. So thank you for it. Check it out. I'm Stephanie Myers. I'll see you in two weeks. Bye guys, Stephanie Penya here. Take care.